Hello, this is Brandon with Theater to Feeder. You're listening to a Why Not Talk About This podcast. Stick around. and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z your host for throbbing with horror this week i am joined by ghoulishly gray games and we are talking about jason x ghoulishly greg oh no it's the first thing that came up to my mind <laughs> i'll take it some alliteration there I'll, I'll, i can deal with that how you doing man thanks for coming back oh no problem i feel like i live here now i was gonna say yeah i'm yeah, you're welcome anytime. So uh, I'm definitely oh, I appreciate, I appreciate you coming back on. Um, that was no problem. Like I'm in the midst of like my horror marathon, so this doesn't bother me at all. It's you pick one that I've just watched recently, and I'm good to go on it. I was gonna say this is one like I know you sent me that um list of like were those ones you had already watched or ones you were planning on watching? That's ones that I've watched. I count from September first to Halloween. That's ones that have made it into there. Okay, yeah, because I saw um, Jason X on that list, and I was like, oh, I have that movie completely memorized, which I'm pretty sure I do, because I took two full pages of notes just off my memory. Yeah, it's it's one, it's not the best Friday, but it is one of the ones I've seen the most times. It's not, I would agree, it's not the best Friday, of course, but it is, um, it's a lot of fun, it's definitely not the worst Friday, Friday 8th. Um, no, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we have to bring it up every episode. We do. Um, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and kind of kick it off into the uh, beginning here. Well, um, when did you first see it? Uh, is this the one you told me was your first rated R? Well, I thought back, it's the first rated R movie I saw in theaters. Oh, yeah, I didn't assume it was the first one you'd ever seen. Yeah, which I was looking, it came out in 2001, so I was eight years old when I saw this in theaters. That, that poor theater worker was probably about to call uh, CYS on you. Well, I remember um, um, mom and dad taking me to see it because I remember seeing the trailer for it and being like, right around when this came out is when I started to kind of like get into the Friday the 13th movies and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, there's a new Jason movie coming out for the first time in like, I mean, close to 10 years. Yeah. So well, like, no, it wasn't... Um... Well, uh, Jason Goes to Hell was shortly before it. Uh, 93. Oh, really? That yeah. long? Yeah. Oh, that, wow. Yeah, there was a large gap between Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, it's not the longest one yet, though. The, uh was from 2009 remake to now is the longest we've gone since the series started. Yeah, it's in what legal hell right now Yeah, it's in legal limbo which i follow uh larry zerner who plays shelly in uh in part three he's now an attorney oh really a lawyer or something like that. i don't know if it is an attorney and an, a lawyer the same thing it is it's just different names for it okay well he's one of those and he will give like legal advice on where uh the property stands at this moment kind of thing so if you uh get a chance to follow larry zerner on twitter i would uh highly recommend it i think i might i don't that sounds interesting though um i do want to 
since you mentioned the trailer, do you mind if I take us on to that for a quick second? Oh yeah, that sounds great. Do you remember the trailer? I did. I watched it um, yesterday uh, when I knew that we were going to be recording this today, because I haven't seen the trailer probably since it came out. The trailer to me is the most 2000s thing in the world. I was going to say, it, was the, it looks a lot more like an action movie trailer than a horror movie trailer. And isn't Drowning Pool Let the Bodies Hit the Floor playing throughout it? It is, and I hate that song so much, because it's one of those <laughs> ones that's overplayed so often on radio and trailers and whatnot, especially early 2000s. Oh yeah, you want to talk about a band that made a career off of one fucking song, it's Drowning Pool. They're fucking the luckiest artists, just the one fucking, just repeat the same line over and over again and scream. There you go. I think they've had like six singers too, because the original one died, he wrote that, and it's never been able to recapture that, but... But yeah, that trailer to me is the most like, do you want to see what the 2000s was like for media? Watch the Jason X trailer is always the example I give. Oh, yeah, it's bathed in early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah. Kind of that complete feel, which back, you know, a few years ago, I would have completely poo-pooed. But now that's nostalgic, which is really sad. Yeah, you're telling me. But, um, yeah, I do also uh, bring up the trailer, too. They spoil Uber Jason in the trailer. I know! Which, why? That's like a big reveal. That's the um, Angela's a man reveal at the end of Sleepaway Camp 1, where it's like, if that was spoiled in the trailer, that movie probably wouldn't have had anywhere near the impact that it did. Where Uber Jason is the crowning, which should be the crowning jewel of the movie, the thing you hold back. Nope, the minute and a half trailer, probably 20 seconds of it is Uber Jason footage. I know. I'm still mad we never got Uber Jason in the Friday the 13th game. I know, like, I was, I, I'm not really a huge video game player, but when I knew that there was going to be a Friday the 13th game coming out, I definitely had to get it, which I'm terrible at it, but it's a ton of fun. And I saw, like, uh, did you see the leaked footage of, like, the test footage of Uber Jason on YouTube? I did, and I also found the tease in the game when you're exploring the camp, like, when you're just doing that roam around, I found, like, the thing where you look into the hole or whatever it was and you see it back there. Oh, nice. I didn't know about that one. Yeah. And so, it just like the whole series got stuck in legal limbo, as you put it, and we will never see it. No, the same way, like, you know, kind of where you will never see the sequel to Jason X that they kind of tease at the end of this movie. Do you think that they actually meant to tease a sequel, or do you think it was just like a, well, we're not going to say it's completely dead? I mean, it, I think it's... I. I can kind of agree with it's probably a thing of, well, he's still out there kind of thing. But if this movie had made, you know, 70, 80 million, there would have been Jason 10 part two, you know? <laughs> you know, what's funny is this movie was a flop at the box office. It did not even make its budget back. But on, in after box office on DVD sales and TV rights and stuff, actually... I think it's the most, but if not, it's like top two most successful Friday movies. Really? Yeah. Like it, it, cause you know, like those weird cult followings of movies that are kind of bad and everything like this became such a huge success in the aftermarket. It's wild. Well, I know there's, um, I think like two or three different actual like books that go off of 
like where Jason X, the movie ends, they continue on earth two with Jason on earth two, like one of them, uh, they capture him and they make him an arena fighter. I'm not <laughs> sure what the other two are, but dude, I love expanded universe material. Cause it always just goes wild like that. I want to read these uh, Friday the 13th books so bad, but they're extremely hard to find. And when you go on eBay, they're like $100 a piece. Ooh, fuck that. Yeah. Speaking they... of, do you mind real quick? Did you see that sign that I made for Halloween? The Camp Crystal Lake one? Yeah, that is awesome. At first I was like, where did you buy that? Because I want to buy one. And you're like, I made it. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah, I put the hockey mask on it today and hung it up outside. Oh, that's awesome. You have to post a picture. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, so right. I'm sorry, I've been All taking right. us on a shit ton of rants. Um, let's see here. Okay, so we went through the trailer. Um, so basically, okay, the movie was ba- basically, uh, fuck, the movie was basically made to keep interest in Jason between because they had been planning on making Freddy versus Jason since basically after uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six. Yeah, that long ago. Which is why Part Seven is basically Jason versus Carrie. Yeah, uh, Freddie and Jason were owned by two different companies, so they couldn't do it yet, but they kind of wanted to do a versus type thing. Well, then part eight happens. There's nothing still going on. And then after Jason goes to hell and there's that great tease at the end where Freddie's glove comes up and finally takes Jason's mask. Everyone's like, "Okay, it's finally coming. Well, flash forward to 2001 and Jason X comes out and it was basically, it was just to kind of, like I said, keep interest in the character. Yeah, introduce him back into pop culture, like mainstream. Yeah, like almost he's back is almost it is how they seem to treat it from watching the trailer. Yeah. And it was also to keep the license for Jason, because I think at this point, the because they stopped calling them Friday the 13th movies. There's Jason Goes to Hell and then Jason X. Well, New Line wasn't allowed to call it Friday the 13th. Yeah, there's already all kinds of legal issues. Yeah. So that's after, um, but this is the first uh, Jason movie without a Friday anywhere in the title. Because at least Jason Goes to Hell, it's Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday. Yeah, they just didn't put the the 13th on the right. end. Right. But um, yeah, it was basically, you had to keep interest in the character until um, Freddy versus Jason would finally be able to come out. Um, It is weird that they did release this. I get what you're saying makes sense for what they had to do, like to get the public talking about Jason again a little bit. But after that tease, let's be honest, everyone's just frothing at the mouth for Freddy versus Jason. And it was such a long wait. Of course you think, well, that's because they're working on Freddy versus Jason. And so then to get Jason in space had to seem like a, oh, what the hell, when you first heard about it. It really was. It, and it was kind of, they were trying to do the trend that was going on at the time of sending your horror, uh, like, main horror person to space. Like, Leprechaun went to space, uh, Pinhead to space, Critters went to space, but that was kind of in the mid-90s, it seemed. It kind of seemed like they were a little late, because... I know yeah, the, I'd say they were very late, yeah. I know the movie got delayed. Um, I think it was filmed in 98, but it got delayed a couple years just because they had such a hard time actually getting it distributed. Yeah, there's this movie has a lot of history behind it. I mean, every movie does, but this one, it's 
wild, like all the hoops they had to jump through, the changes, everything like that. And all the behind-the-scenes stories are almost, I think, might what might um, push it to more of a cult status and kind of elevate the movie a little bit more because there is so much lore behind it. Yeah. But, um, all right, just uh, kind of going into the start of the movie, um, the movie starts in the quote-unquote future of 2010. Um, <laughs> Jason somehow is captured, which is never explained, but he's being held in the Crystal Lake Research Facility awaiting cryogenic suspension. But David Cronenberg has another plan. David Cronenberg ha- is, um, plays a doctor, or like he's like a military doctor or a doctor in this movie he makes like a short cameo at the very beginning yeah it's i i like this beginning to the movie a lot i really do honestly like you said they don't explain it but it's a cool setup at the the early start of this it really is like it's cool like kind of going along still like how um jason goes to hell starts of when we left jason at the end of part eight he's in new york in the sewer but Jason goes to hell starts out. He's just immediately back at the camp. They don't explain it, but I drove a boat back. Uh, uh, break. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I also kind of like with Jason goes to hell and this one where it's like the authorities are aware of Jason. It's not like the original, the, uh, previous eight parts where the cops were always like, Oh, those crazy kids. And they just showed up when everyone was already dead. Yeah, it's he's not legend anymore. No, he's like, no, this guy's fact. We need to stop him. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of more X-Files-y. Like, he's a supernatural being that we need the government to step in and stop him. Which is kind of where, um, when, uh, kind of leads to why I believe Cronenberg, well, he even says Cronenberg uh, wants to not freeze Jason. They want to, um... He says, I want him soft. Yeah, they want to study him for his regenerative properties instead of destroying him. Is this the first time they've really addressed that he regenerates too? Yeah, I believe it is because I don't remember in any of the other movies them ever really even explaining it or bringing up really like they're, you know, uh, mentioned that he's taken a lot of damage like here and there, but they've never really gone into why that happens. Yeah, he he takes a lot of damage, but when you factor in all the damage he's had throughout the series, he should be nothing left to him. So it makes sense that he has it, but I don't think they've ever straight up addressed it. So he's basically Wolverine. Yeah. And I believe, I think it was a really good idea to kind of throw that in there because like you said, there is with everything that he's taken, there would, there would be zero part of him left. There might be a hand crawling towards you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. There has to be a reason that he's still around and he still is, together i agree i thought that was a nice little throwaway line anytime you can improve the lore with a single line is a good thing and there's so many different movies that would benefit from just one throwaway line to explain a plot hole yep because that's all we ask for yeah exactly and then we're like okay yeah he regenerates good moving on yeah perfect thank you uh this movie kind of seems to follow another one of those horror movie tropes of the military knows better than the scientists do about how to handle the situation. Oh, not just horror movie. You mean every movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a most movies. What there was, um, I forget what the one movie I watched on Hulu not long ago, but it was, uh, it was called like the blur or the shimmer or something. Um, and it was still that same kind of thing where it's like this otherworldly thing comes to earth 
scientists are studying it and almost have it like pinpointed and know what's going on. And then the military shows up and fucking blows it all to hell. Yeah, that's normal movie logic. Well, at this point, Jason has escaped somehow. We're not really sure how he, they kind of have him hanging on hooks. They have like, which kind of is like really cool how like the opening montage of like the opening credits and going into the title sequences of them, like kind of operating on him and like putting the screws in his shoulders and whatnot to like be able to hook the chains up. So they're like, okay, he's not going anywhere. I took it as he was just biding his time this whole time. Like, waiting, for, and so then more people show up, he's like, okay, now I have some victims, and he broke out then. Yeah, like, he needs, a, this, this kill count isn't good enough yet, I need to kill at least seven or eight people within the first ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, we never addressed Jason's intelligence too much, but I took it as, maybe he's, like, just seeing what's going on around him, it's obviously not hurting him, being screwed and hooked in there, so maybe it's just kind of observing where am I, this isn't Crystal Lake type thing. Something to kind of um, lend to that as well is whenever he is hooked up there and the one guard kind of walks up to him to throw the uh, sheet over his head, you do see Jason's eyes kind of shifting back and forth. Yeah, he's looking around. Yeah, so he's completely aware of his surroundings. Yeah, that's probably most likely what's going on. You know, he doesn't blink the entire movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I someone mentioned that when I watched it last. I'm like, you know what? They're right. Kane Hodder straining his eyes this whole time. I was going to say, and speaking to Kane Hodder, this is sadly the last time he would ever get to play Jason. They didn't yeah. buy a hack for Freddy versus Jason. No, which I'm sure eventually you're going to hit that episode and please bring me on for that. Oh, I will 100%. 100%. I have a lot to say about Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jason escapes somehow and kills everyone but our new main girl for this movie, Rowan. Yeah. Um, and Cronenberg has a really great kill where he gets some like spear type thing thrown through his back. I think and it was just like a metal pipe or something they grabbed. Yeah, and there's like this great blood spurt and whatnot. That's a really great kill. And the fact that Cronenberg would be in this movie and whatnot, he must be a fan of the series and be like, I want to be killed by Jason. Well, who wouldn't? Uh, let's see here. Do you know about the blood in this movie? Is the first time they used a lot of CGI for it? Yeah, which I hate CGI blood. You can, it's the real blood when it hits the wall or hits an actor's face. Like my favorite kind of horror movie blood is that 70s Technicolor, kind of like the blood in Dawn of the Dead where it's like bright fire engine red or like, yeah. I was just watching Hatchet 2 the other day and it sounds weird. I was like, that's some good blood in that. Like I liked what they were using. Yeah, the CGI blood just never did it for me. It really takes you out of the movie, I believe. Um, So basically, Rowan now is trying to get Jason into this cryogenic freezer. So she's running around trying to lure him downstairs, which you get some really great shots of Jason kind of stalking her and whatnot. Um, Like there's that really great one where she goes downstairs and she looks back up. And you see Jason there for like a split second in the doorway as he just kind of disappears, but he's looking down. I always love that shot. Yeah, it's just that silhouette of like him hulking there. Like it's yeah. a really cool shot. She finally does trick him into the cryogenic freezer. Um, she uh, gets a shotgun off of Cronenberg and kind of shoots him a couple times. And then I believe she, uh, does she shoot a um, like air canister and it hits him? Or is, am I thinking of Freddy versus Jason again? You know what? I, she, I know she was hiding behind them. No, she shoots them in. Okay. I would, yeah. So, um, 
and she does one of the dumbest things that she could ever do is okay i finally beat jason i have him cryogenically frozen this is the shortest friday the 13th movie as a runtime of 10 minutes yeah i'm gonna taunt him then she stands in front of the door so he can stab her so the movie can continue yeah which is apparently made out of like styrofoam oh yeah you think it'd be a thicker door for cryogenic freezing also something because it's kind of weird so like this is always something that kind of stuck out in my head about this movie okay so the cryogenic chamber is breached so all of course all the cold stuff is now flooding into the main room and they sell off the doors uh lockdown of course yeah so nobody was like in this place for so because the movie takes place in 2010 the this future part, yeah. is 2455 correct so like for over 400 years nobody has opened this place like did they kind of know what happened and just decided not to touch it whatsoever or did the world like go to shit immediately after this i mean i don't know if you're asking me a good possibility is they're like you know what we tried with jason enough times he's contained and stopped for once does his least sleeping dogs lie and seal this place off I mean, that's most likely the reason. Um, and also, at that time, they didn't have the ability to have the regenerative healing properties for everybody. So they no. couldn't have brought Rowan back anyway if they had gone in there. She would have died. Well, I don't even think they knew she was alive. They knew she went down there. Jason's down there. Most likely, they probably think she's dead. Right. So basically, it's a really great shot, too, at uh, this movie does have some good CGI for being I be- and made in 1998. Um, like the shot of her like f- slowly being cryogenically frozen where her face just kind of slowly turns blue and you see the ice crystals start forming. Yeah. That was a pretty good shot. Yeah, it didn't look cheesy or computer made or anything like that. No, it looks better than some of the stuff that's out today. Oh, for sure. Or like what, Superman's upper lip? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. <laughs> So, um, basically at this point, you flash forward to the year 2455, where Rowan and Jason are discovered by a group of young scientists on a semi-class field trip, it seems. Yeah, some Um, sort of school expedition thing. Which I always do love that, uh, kind of throwaway line where it's there, the teacher's kind of going around and being like, oh, can you explain what this is to me? Explain what that is. And they're like, tell me what's on his face. They're like, some kind of early breathing mechanism and he's like it's a hockey mask yeah a sport that was outlawed in 20 what did they say uh like 2155 or something like that i didn't think it was that long i thought it was like our generation like i'm like we only have short time till hockey's gone well i remember the first because me and my my whole family's huge hockey fans but my dad's biggest hockey fan of all of them i remember sitting in the theater with my dad and they said that line and he was like he basically like sighed. He was like, "Oh, why'd they do that?" Like he made a little comment to himself, like, "Why'd they outlaw hockey?" <laughs> <laughs> You're more of a sports guy than me. When did the hockey mask, the Jason style, go out? Oh God, I think that was out in the seventies. Yeah, because I've never, like, since I watched hockey, ever seen someone with the old school hockey mask. Which God, with how fast they shoot these pucks, I mean. I don't know how much protection that thing's going to handle, you know? No. 
But if you find a building of frozen people and you see the man holding a machete, maybe you just leave the building. Yeah, do you start banging on the cryogenic freezer he's in, and so he starts rocking back and forth? <laughs> yeah, um, speaking of that, we get what I thought the first time I saw this was a kill, but was not. Because, like you said, they start banging on it, and he falls over and cuts the, basically, your stereotypical stoner fool character, his arm right off. Uh, his name's Azrael, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, what yeah. I have here in my uh, notes. I just have him as future stoner. <laughs> yeah. And it cuts his arm right off. But it's really important, honestly. It's not just, uh, hey, we got an arm cut, because it introduces stuff that will come into play later. Yeah, I was going to say, that's going to kind of lead to how we almost get Uber Jason, which is, this movie is does set up things and pay them off, I think, extremely well. Yeah. Um, so basically, okay, at this point, uh, Rowan and Jason are both taken aboard the main spaceship, uh, where most of the movie takes place, a la Jason 8, Friday yeah. 8. <laughs> Which, and then it becomes alien once we go onto the ship. Yeah, it's, it has a heavy alien um, vibe. Alien and Scream. Because What's that? That's, uh, alien and Scream vibes. Because that's one of the um, notes that the studio gave them was, because Scream had just come out a couple years before, and that was like the new standard for how horror movies are done. So basically one of the notes was, you need to make this movie more like Scream. But why? Because dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, well, at this point is when we really see the um, healing machines and whatnot that they use, like the little tiny micro ants, to bring Rowan back. And she's brought back to life, which is I thought was always a really funny moment when they're like, oh, you okay? You know, take it easy. And then she, like, immediately just punches that guy in the face. Yeah, which is, um, I know someone who does tattoos, and he says sometimes people, even with high pain tolerance, it could just be nerves, will pass out getting tattooed. And that's why all tattooers have this smelling salt yeah and he says you'd be shocked how many people just come up swinging instantly jesus he's like because the unfamiliar place your first instinct is i'm captured or something yeah it's the fight or flight instinct see i would just curl up and just be like don't hit me yeah <laughs> um where rowan's brought back to life uh jason is taken to uh they're gonna perform a kind of an autopsy i guess on him and kind of have the students learn off of him because as much as they think and they say in the movie no he's very dead you don't have to worry about him and this is kind of where we're introduced to the scummy professor character um where he's just in all this he's just trying to make as much money as he can and off these students and yeah i like because he calls i guess someone who will set up buys for him or something like that for artifacts he finds and he says i've hit a gold mine talking about how they brought the girl back and Apparently, this is a thing that's happened, though, because there's a bunch of reanimated people walking around. Yeah, I love how he poo-poos it away. He's like, who cares? 200 yeah. years ago? No, 100 years ago? Yeah, maybe. But anymore, no one gives a shit. It's basically what they did in Jurassic World. They're like, yeah, people don't care about dinosaurs anymore. It's old news. They've been back. It's like, I don't... You know how long it would need... Like, it would be hundreds of years, I believe, before people got bored with, like, dinosaurs or, like, oh, yeah. reanimation. Yeah, but... I, I love the line where he says, I have a gold mine. And he goes, a box of DVDs is not a gold mine. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> I, I, I can't move them. 
I, I love that when they wrote this movie, too, DVDs were the cutting-edge technology, but it honestly works better now since we're on to Blu-rays and digitals and everything. Because now, I can imagine that many years later, physical media would be a rarer find, so maybe this guy was at one point excited that he found DVDs and was shot down that it wasn't a gold mine. Which I always thought was kind of a funny trope in the in the different movies and whatnot, where, like, if it's a movie that's in the past, but it's set in the future, like what's supposed to be the future, but they're still using the past kind of technology. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be like 300 years in the future, but it's like, okay, let's pop this tape in, you know? Yeah. Back to the future too, getting the facts like machine. I'm right. like, they just send a text, but they had no reference for a text. And it's still, and there's like a fax machine in like every single room of the house. Yeah. In the future, we will have so many fax machines. <laughs> okay, well, at this point, basically, okay, so they're performing the autopsy on Jason. Um, the may, the one scientist girl is who seems to be taking it more seriously than the she other. She seems two. to be a more senior student. Yeah, where the other two just want to bang, and Jason doesn't like that. No, so someone I can't take credit for this, but I love it. They said, are orgasms Jason's alarm clock? <laughs> That's amazing. That's what I put, have here. I was like, the crew starts having sex, which of course awakens J uh, Jason, who is the ultimate cock block. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's the morality tale of all time. Anytime you do something bad, Jason will kill you. Well, what is it in um, Jason Goes to Hell, where like the there's that group of kids that were going to go camp at Camp Crystal Lake because they're like, oh, Jason's finally dead. We can go there. And they start to have sex. And she's like, do you have the condom? And they pull the condom out and they go, we don't need this and throw it on the ground outside the tent. And then Jason steps on it to go uh -huh. kill them. <laughs> okay, the after, so basically Jason's awakened by sex and he performs my favorite kill out of the entire Friday the 13th series. Me too. Where he take Adrian's head and dunks it into liquid nitrogen and then bashes it off the table. It looks so cool, too. Seeing that frozen face get smashed and everything. So I remember seeing that in the theaters when I was eight years old and being completely blown away because I had never seen anything like that before, which I think is why it still remains my favorite kill. Yeah. Um, And I know Mythbusters kind of busted it where that's not actually how it works, but... Well, no, but no shit. <laughs> it's a Jason movie. It's also cool, though, that Mythbusters were doing Jason myth busting. Like, yeah. I've, I've never seen that episode, but I want to check it out. Um, I loved in the Mortal Kombat X, the one where they added Jason as a player, as a playable character. Yeah. Like, it was the ultimate irony being Sub-Zero and doing that kill to Jason. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so like, because he was the ice fighter, and you could do a fatality that was very similar to that kill, and doing it to Jason, I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> Is that the uh, Mortal Kombat X? Is that the one that has like a bunch of horror characters in it? Like, I believe Leatherface is in it as well and whatnot. Yeah, there's uh, Predator, Jason, and the Xenomorph. And then the next one, I think, just announced Ash. Or that could have been a rumor, but I'm pretty sure they announced Ash for the newest one. Which the Xenomorph in that, because I've seen some like gameplay footage of that. The Xenomorph looks so creepy. Yeah. I'd say that might be the creepiest like add-on of those characters, I think, than any of them, just because I hate bugs, and it's just a giant bug. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, so basically, after the uh, head smash, Jason 
starts his usual MO of stalking each crew member and killing them off one by one. Um, at this point, they're kind of aware that Jason's awake and whatnot because they start finding bodies. So they deploy the, uh, I would call them the good soldiers versus the bad soldiers who were in the beginning of the movie. Well, they have lots of years to learn about what not to do. Right. So, um, Jason kind of started, they deploy the soldiers to go and take care of Jason. They're all excited and whatnot because they get some action. Oh, but they call all the kids and the student and Rowan into the lab room. Like, they're all Right, they all bunch up, um in that one lab room that is surrounded by windows. Yes, exactly. The safest place to be. Perfect. But do you have a problem with the next kill we see after the nitrogen one? The next kill was, oh, is that the one where it's the, um, it's the guy and the girl who were there during the autopsy, but then got sent away. They're having sex. And then he gets just slashed. Doesn't he? He does get slashed, but, and then Jason just carries the body away for no reason. Right, as he's kind of like, his hand's still like trying to reach out and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is, why did Jason decide to spare the girl here? It's strange. Yeah, that is really weird to let her kind of go and warn everybody what's going uh, on almost. It's been, what, so 445 years since 2010, so maybe he's like, I'm up for a challenge. Well, no, this isn't uh, also like the first time Jason's kind of done that, where... And Friday the 13th Part 2, where Jenny and Paul go into uh, that one dark room. And Jenny's like, I think someone's in this room, Paul. And it's, I think someone's in this fucking room. And then Jason just goes after Paul completely and kind of leaves Jenny alone until he's done with Paul. Yeah, you're right. It it just, that just strikes me as odd. Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. And it's also kind of a weak kill, just a slash and pull away, but... That does look like that was probably a real blood splatter when it hit her in the face. Yeah. Now, and he just did the coolest kill we've ever seen. Let's cut him some slack. Yeah, true. He did the best of the entire series. It's not the worst kill in the entire series either. Uh, no. The next one. So, um, but some uh, some of the notable kills I have of the soldiers. I love the guy that gets um, thrown onto the giant screw that's there for some reason. Oh, and then he spins down. And then he starts spinning down slowly as Jason just stands there watching it. Yeah. And I love the one-liner once he's fine. I forget what his name was, but it's like, where's Johnny? And they're like, he's screwed. Yep. Like, you're making quips. The man was just impaled. That's your friend. Yeah. Um, I liked the Brofsky kill, like the leader of the, as you call them, good soldiers. Yeah. Well, not the kill. The, the fake kill, but where he gets stabbed, he goes, it's going to take more than that to put this this guy down. And he just stabs him again. He goes, that ought to do it. Yeah, it's such a great delivery, too. Like It's like, you're dying. Why are you doing one-liners? I know. I, I did like that, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, one of the other ones I really liked out of this sequence of kills is when the one soldier gets completely cut in half, and you see his top half like crawling away. And he's still on the radio, like, warning them, like, get out, get out. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, Did you catch the, what was it, the alien reference? No. The, the one character's named Dallas? Oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, at least they were aware of it enough to be like, we know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can make 
this futuristic spaceship with one big scary killer on board and not be aware. We're getting the alien comparison here. So yeah, Brodsky gets, like you were saying, he gets stabbed twice, which you think he's down and out for the count, but he may be back later. Maybe. Um, so I have a question on where you stand on this. Yeah. Is this technically the Friday the 13th with the most kills? That's a really good question. I know, I, th- I believe it has more kills than Jason X does. Well, I was going to say, no, this is Jason X. Oh, I'm sorry. Jason goes to hell. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, because technically, do we count Solaris? I was going to say, that's what I have next. And it's so hard. I mean, you would almost have, you have to count all those people because it's Jason's fault that they all died. So Jason takes out an entire space station city. Yeah. The ship. (laughs) Which one? Why would you make your space station with a city with a giant glass dome over it? So that's their own fault. Yeah. Like you have to like, you're not going to have any like, what if a meteor comes? That's what I was going to say. If the ship didn't kill him, eventually a meteor is going to hit it. Yeah, something's going to come flying by and smash into that thing. Or like a drunk pilot that's trying to go into the bar or something. Like, Yeah. Um, I know when they do those lists of like the most deaths in movies, they usually don't count like planets and stuff blowing up. So if you're going by that logic, no, I don't think. But if you count that, this one for sure then. I was going to say, I almost always count it as the ones that you see, like the individual kills are the ones that count. Yeah. Uh, Because we also don't know how many people were on that space station. So I count them all as Jason kills, but there's no way of putting into numbers how many. Yeah, it'd have to be like an approximate. I wonder if like, because I know in the novelizations and whatnot, they usually like dig deeper into like some of the subplot of like, those kind of details yeah so i wonder if the jason x novelization like has any of that in there probably i'd imagine so because what else would they put in there yes yeah, because I, I know at the end of uh the friday the 13th part six jason lives novelization that's when they have jason's father come he shows oh, i up. never i never knew that yeah jason's father at the very end you know the caretaker from friday six yeah the old guy the guy at the cemetery? Yeah. Um, Tom McLaughlin's, uh, who wrote and directed the movie, his original script had him survive to the very end. And the last scene was a shadowy man in a long coat with long hair was paying him off, basically, to watch over the graves of um, Pamela and Jason. Oh, no shit. So they were going, his, uh, his father's name was Elias, I'm pretty sure, but they were going to introduce his father. Okay. Yeah, something they never touched on. That'd be cool. The only time I've ever really seen it touched on, and it's not in an official manner, uh, it's Friday the 13th Vengeance. It's a fan film on YouTube. Yeah. It's it's pretty good for a fan film. It's not as good as uh, Never Hike Alone, but it's still really solid. Is that that out yet? uh, Never Hike Alone in the Snow is coming out in October. Okay, um, I was going to say, I, I subscribed to their channel just so I'd get the notification of when it came out. Okay. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, in Friday the 13th Vengeance, uh, CJ Graham, who plays Jason in part six, plays Elias, Jason's father. Okay. So he came on for a fan film, which was pretty cool. But they kind of touch on the Graham relationship TV. between Jason and his father, which is really interesting. If you get a chance, I'll check out Friday the 13th Vengeance as well. I definitely will. 
I saw CJ Graham at a con a few years ago, and I felt bad because I saw Kane Hodder at the same con, not the same date, but the same con like a year later, and the line difference was amazing. And I know, like, I love Kane Hodder. He is my favorite Jason, but he's in the worst Friday the 13th movies. Yeah, but I think he brings the most life to Jason. He really does. He added some character to the... Like, he added some character to the character. Um, yeah. With, like, the breathing and whatnot, and the eye shifting. Most of Yeah, the just other that guys, shoulder breathing thing, like, that makes him look so scary. Yeah. And nothing on the other guys, because I love how, like, they are each actor's different take on Jason, but I yeah. really think J- uh, Kane Hodder brought life to the character. He's not just an android almost there he is actually is a person or at least was a person okay so yeah jason kills an entire city next um (laughs) oh we didn't even touch on the weird kinky scene oh yeah the nipple tweaking yeah i I know we're all over here but this is a movie that's over 10 years old so yeah we don't need to go beat for beat in my take it's your show so we can jump the of course just like in every professor teacher slutty girl in Jason movies there's a scene between them and he's wearing lingerie and getting a nipple clamp done and yells you pass you 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 pass please never do that again I'm begging you (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I remember seeing that was again to go back to seeing this in theaters with my parents at eight years old that scene came on. I remember my eyes got huge and mom and dad both because they were sitting on either side of me. They both kind of looked at each other like if this goes much further, we're going to have to kind of shield his eyes because I was only eight. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to have questions on the way home. So when a man and a woman make a baby, does the man have to wear the girl's outfit? I, I mean, I don't exactly remember 100%, but I have a vague memory of kind of asking my dad at some point. And his thing was like, well, some people are just into that. <laughs> At least, yeah, that's the best answer you can give. Yeah, like, uh, just don't get, just don't ask for details, son. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after, uh, okay, so at this point, Jason is now going after um, the students more than the soldiers, because the soldiers are basically gone now. Yeah. There's a couple, like, throwaway kills where, like, one of them, one of the soldiers comes swinging out on a hook which was pretty cool and kind of all a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that, that was neat. What about the weird video game kill? Because there's the one soldier and one student there. Oh, yeah, the kind of VR thing that they're doing. Like, that was a really funny scene. It was, but I don't understand how the game goes. Yeah. Because Jason's not playing. He has no controller, but yet he can kill them. Yeah, is it almost like a Star Trek Next Generation holodeck type thing? Yeah, like, I have no idea how this works. I'm very interested in the video game. But once the um once the VR thing kind of wears off, aren't the two players just sitting on the floor with helmets on? Yeah. So yeah, that you're right. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that Jason would also then be able to interact. He would just walk up to them sitting there with the VR helmets on and kill them. Yeah, it, but, it was strange. Did you? Uh, but it was like a projection too, so I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Whenever they turned it off, it kind of shimmers. Yeah, like that wave through it. Which also kind of leads back to, um, like later in the movie when they kind of have to trick him and put him in eighties Crystal Lake. 
Yeah, yeah, good pull. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's the same type of thing. And yet he can interact with the stuff. Right. So maybe it's something like that. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, well, to go to that scene as well with the video games, the um, uh, bald character um, yeah. right beside the stoner guy, that is actually the director, James Isaac. Oh, is it? Yeah, he was a huge Friday fan and he wanted to be in a Friday movie himself and get killed off and he's like, well this is my best shot of doing it of course yeah you can put yourself in it go for it but he was uh i mean he it was a very small little role but i think as a director he did pretty good in it and uh yeah i have to give him props on this whole movie yeah like i said this this movie's ridiculous let's not lie but is it bad i don't i wouldn't say it's bad i would say it's, it's an a plus b movie yeah, it's it's a B movie for sure, so you know what you're getting going into it, but it's a very enjoyable B movie. And it's well structured. There's not really plot holes. There's a couple plot holes here and there, but that's any movie. Yeah. But for being a Jason in space movie, it is very it makes pretty good sense. Yeah. Um so yeah, at this point Jason kind of starts going after the rest of the uh, students and um the prof- they all kind of run out of the room because Jason's like banging on the door. Excuse me, I burped. And um like Jason's banging and banging on like the uh Star Trek holodeck type doors. Yeah. And um he finally stops and they're like, "We I wonder if he's still out there." And the one one liner I love is, "Why don't you stick your head out there and take a peek?" Yeah. We didn't mention the robot. Oh no, we haven't even mentioned KM yet. Yeah. Yeah, KM, and I forget what her boyfriend's name is. Yeah, but the one nerdy boy designed a robot that looks just like a human. That's it. I love that scene where she wants nipples, and like, <laughs> they put, like, he's like, put them on there, and it pans down, and you see them, and then they fall off one by one, and he's like, KM, I don't even know why you want these things. I wonder if on TV they get away with showing that or not. Yeah, because they're not real boobs yeah that's i've never thought of this until now i don't think i've ever watched it on tv next time it's on like because it's on sci-fi here and there it seems i'm gonna have to watch and really pay attention to see if because that's a good point yeah i'm guessing they would censor it that's strange because it's not boobs it's not but they also um have you ever seen brain damage no okay it's basically about a um space slug that eats brains and he looks a lot like a penis oh the one scene he's in um yeah i forget what his buddy's name is in that movie but he's in his pants and his buddy's about to get blown by a hooker and uh the slug's name is elmer he goes into the hooker's mouth and it looks like he she's blowing like a giant blue dick and they censored that so, yeah, I don't know what the rules are. It, they're very wishy-washy, and they differ from movie to movie. Like, the MPAA cuts the fuck out of Friday the 13th movies. They had something really against them. Yeah, and it, like for TV, it's network to network, too. Like, you can get away with some stuff on cable compared to broadcast and all this weird stuff. Right. Well, that's what, at this point is when the professor is standing there right in front of Jason trying to, like, beg him, like, I can make you rich, I can make you famous. And then Jason sees his original machete, and he's like, oh, yeah. you just wanted your machete back? Oh, okay, <laughs> everything's fine now, which is a really weird beat, because the one girl, 
after like the professor says that over the loudspeaker or whatever is like he shouts well, it to the other room i thought yeah he's like i'm going to uh go ahead and go back to my room then and kind of get cleaned up and then you hear a scream it's like yeah do you think that's all he wanted i think it was wishful thinking just completely out of it and scared to death and being well, like because okay. he really doesn't know much about jason just what he's been told before so in his mind he's like well maybe he's someone who can be reasoned with i don't know right but i always thought that was funny it's also kind of uh like begging jason and like offering him money they did that in part six as well <laughs> yeah the girl on the side of the road like in the puddle yeah, I believe she was the costume designer for that movie. Oh, okay. She was the costume designer, and I believe she was Tom McLaughlin's wife. Okay. I'm 80% sure. <laughs> I just watched part six again the other day. It's so good. I can't wait to do an episode on that one. Uh, so basically, yeah, he, Jason's stalking the rest of the students. Um, and this is kind of, the he's, I forget, at this point, between the professor kill and km showing up all badass is it them just kind of running from place to place right yeah and they come up with well and that's when solaris gets destroyed because they have an idea to land at solaris um the pilot gets killed the i'm trying to go over everything that we kind of brushed over and then they have an idea to fill up the escape pod type thing like a little cruiser with all the fuel but they that's have right. to so they split up to do the different jobs required for that. Like one person has to lower it, one has to do the fuel, one has to launch it. Like so, they're all trying to get that taken care of. Right when the escape plot, uh, uh, I forget what her name is, but the one girl student uh, freaks out and gets in the, the one who was uh, saw her boyfriend killed. The one right. from that kill. Yeah, that one. Um, when she gets in the escape pod and tries to take off and it ultimately ends up destroying it, which this ship must be made out of the heaviest like duty material ever. Cause it just took out an entire space station and had this giant explosion under it with an escape pod filled with fuel and it's well, damaged, but it's still functional so in space. You just need to be moving along. And if you have a tiny bit of propelling, you'll keep moving. But like we said, that space station was apparently made out of fine china. Yeah, it was the most antique space station that they could <laughs> find. <laughs> yeah, like it wasn't well protected whatsoever, at least the way it was presented to us. So, um, yeah, at this point, she kind of fucks up and blows up the uh, only escape plan, kind of like Gilligan and Gilligan's Island. Fucks up every end of, end of the show. <laughs> um... And this is when badass KM, the android, comes out, which is Jason's basically only match. Which, why did they give her, like, the weird, badass, sexy leather outfit to fight Jason? Yeah, like, they took the time to, like, she, because uh, before she was kind of wearing, like, almost like a Star Trek-esque, like, miniskirt-looking thing. Where well, it's the everyone long Everyone in this movie, we didn't even say that, everyone looks like Star Trek met the Hardy Boys. That's how everyone dressed. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, she comes out in this like awesome like S&M like leather gear with all these like great guns and beats the fuck out of Jason. Yeah, basically also throw back to the beginning of the movie how Rowan shot him back into the cryo chamber. She shoots him back into the other room, which is where the table is with the nanobots. Yeah, which I love that where because like she's like beating the fuck out of him and she's shooting him up. Uh, Jason has her, has her down for a second, but that's when Brodsky kind of comes back 
uh, after we thought he was dead and stabs Jason. And Jason like throws him away and KM's like, I had it, but thanks for the help. He's like, no problem. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's when like he, she shoots Jason's leg off and then, well, no, she shoots his arm off because he goes to raise his machete. She shoots it off. And I love that scene. He kind of looks He's like, oh <laughs> shit. It's very Monty Python, the Black Knight. Oh yeah. Oh, 100%. That's a great comparison with this one. <laughs> Yeah. And, then, and Jason, just like the Black Knight, isn't giving up. Oh no, your leg off! Yeah, because even after like she shoots his leg off and he falls over, he's still trying to get up. And then she shoots this giant hole in his chest and he falls over. And he's still getting up. And what's the one thing in every horror movie when you're shooting a car- shooting the bad guy, they never do? They never shoot him in the head. No, never. He finally does the correct thing and blows Jason's three quarters of his head off yeah which at that point is when he falls like you were saying falls onto the new like uh future health table with all the ants yeah and they think he's dead and at that point is when they kind of go around and they start setting the charges i believe isn't that what their kind of next thing is they start setting all the charges to blow that one to blow the one bad side off yeah I guess propel them where they need to go or because at this point, um, there's a rescue ship coming to save them. Yeah. But they're like 25 minutes away. Of course. Um, let's see here. Oh, I didn't. God damn it. I, I was taking these notes last night at, uh, when I was at work and my, I specifically worded that fight in a specific way because I liked how it sounded, but I completely skipped over it. So I'm just going to go ahead and do it again. I'm going to read my notes verbatim right now. You can keep all this in. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I was planning on it. Don't worry. But um, okay. Note number 15. There is a most excellent fight between uh, Jason and KM, which I don't think I've ever seen in any Friday the 13th movie ever and never saw coming is jason fighting an android yeah but then again that can be said for a lot of this i never thought i'd see jason on a spaceship but i really just kind of wanted to do the get the there is a most excellent part in there because of bill and ted very true did you see the new one yet oh it's so good oh good i'm glad you saw it. i loved it i love it so much um yeah i'm glad that they got death back and whatnot like i thought yeah. that their daughters were like spot on do you know who the uh, one daughter is? Um, I think it's Ted's, no, Bill's daughter, the blonde one. Yeah. Do you know who that is? I know she, what was she in, Knives Out or something? Or um. Oh, I know she, not... did you see The Babysitter on Netflix? No. Oh, it's like a comedy horror movie. She was in that, and she was in Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh, was she one of, the, yeah, she's, um. Was one the of victim the, at the end of season one when they go back to the cabin. Yeah, she, it's like that random group of group of twenty uh, somethings that are hiking through the woods. Yeah, yeah her name's Samara Weaving. She's Hugo Weaving's niece. Oh, that's awesome! I didn't even make that connection with Ash. Yeah, see, we we tied Bill and Ted into horror. We're on brand. Oh yeah, we're on brand. We can still talk about Bill and Ted. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the group represented. That counts. Yeah. I thought it was weird um, how they kind of shoehorned it. Who was it? Kid Cuddy or? I did too. And me and Maxwell talked about this on Geek Positive. Cheap plug for myself. Um, <laughs> but Maxwell brought up a good point because I was saying that too. I'm like, they assembled the world's greatest musicians and Kid Cuddy. And he said, they didn't assemble Kid Cuddy. It's when the world was falling. Minor spoilers. 
when the world was falling apart, he transported to them. So they're not saying he's the world's greatest musician. It's Which like, okay, fine. That part I totally I can kind of get, and I'm glad that they at least put it in there. They're not saying Kid Cudi is on the same level of Jimi Hendrix and um, Louis Armstrong. Yeah, fucking but Mozart. They also have to, I guess, have a new musician in there. Which I, thought I really could've... thought we'd get an Eddie Van Halen cameo just because the first one. Oh, that'd be cool. I do love the Dave Grohl cameo though. That oh is my funny god, as I did too. I could talk. I'd, I've yeah, I could talk about Bill and Ted all day. Those are really great movies. The second one yeah. is so weird. Oh, I love it though. It is. Yeah, I love Station and this through uh, Bill and Ted face the music the entire time. I'm like, at least do a nod to Station. And yeah. at the end, when Kid Cudi's like Station, I was like, thank you. Okay, there it yeah. is. Um, but back to Jason. Uh, so yeah, Jason's killed. Um, quote unquote. Uh, I really loved the effects of Jason's head blowing up. I thought that was really well done. It was all black and gooey, and it was cool. Yeah, where it's like he just has sludge in him. Like, he's yeah. constantly rotting and regenerating, but it's never quite... Someone put it best. I don't remember where I saw or heard this, but Jason probably just smells like a bog. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's got a stink. Like, I wonder how many times there's been, like, a group of camp, camp counselors sitting around the fire, or, like, in a cabin... And like right before Jason shows up, they're like, "What's that smell? Yeah, what's it's rotting is flesh? Rotting, is there a rotting animal outside? Did someone see like a raccoon or something? Oh, who knows? Okay, so at this point, yeah, Jason's fallen back onto the healing table, and the it kind of activates it, where then all the helper ants. I'm not sure what nanobots is that. Yeah, what they'd be, they'd be nanobots. That technology actually kind of exists, not in the way it's portrayed here, but. Yeah, because don't they have, like, tiny, like, fly-sized drones or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they kind of recreate Jason because there's, there's not really a whole lot of material left of him to work with. So they have to remake a lot of him out of new synthetic materials. I want to know why these medical ants decided to make him look so angry, though. Yeah, like he has a scowl on. They're like, oh, he, yeah. like, I'm like, do they read people's moods as well? Like, oh, this is a happy person. Give him happy eyebrows. He's like, oh, he's a mean person. <laughs> yeah, the, the thought that, like, if you were a real person who was in a life and death situation, say you were in a crash on the road and you got road rash and half your face get it off and you go to the hospital, you'd come out looking like this is terrifying. Yeah. It, I think it's cool, though, how they have um, the hockey mask is almost now a part of his head. Like, if yeah. you, like when he turns around, you can see it's, like, grown into his head. Like, it's just one thing now. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's um, one and the same. Something about the Uber Jason look. I read somewhere, I think it was an interview or something with, Jay, uh, with uh, Kane Hodder. Where the first time he saw, they told him and they showed Kane Hodder what their idea for Uber Jason was. They he thought it was a joke. Really, he, he wasn't like, into it. Yeah, he was. Well, he was into it once they kind of were like, "No, it's not a joke. This is really what the plan is." And then he kind of saw the whole thing. He was like, "Okay," but at first he's like, "No, there's no fucking way. This is dumb." Yeah. Um, it kind of has like a. A Shredder look from Ninja Turtles. Okay, I've never really watched Ninja Turtles. Um, oh, you're the worst, but okay. <laughs> I was watching Friday the 13th. Like, I, this has been me since eight years old. Dude, you gotta do both. Yeah. 
Well, also yeah, my um, I wasn't allowed watching Ninja Turtles growing up because my cousins watched it and they were violent. They were violent <laughs> children and would like beat each other with like shit. So I'm thinking that's one of the reasons why my mother wouldn't really let me watch Ninja Turtles. It's because that's very like, possible. It's going to make you violent. But go let's go see Friday the Thirteenth. I do remember the one time I must have been like ten years old or something. I had the great idea to write a Jason book, and so I thought, oh, please like, read it on the show. It got thrown away. Oh damn it! I remember bits and pieces of it, but I remember who threw it away. You, my mother did. Oh, she was not happy with the book? No, she found it and read it and read how detailed and, like, gory it was and threw it away. And she was kind of – there was a, probably a good couple months there where I wasn't allowed to watch horror movies. Uh-huh. Like, we think you're taking this a little too far. I'm like, I'm just trying to be creative. Not at all. We just talk about it for hours every week. Yeah, that's all. It's just became <laughs> one of my main obsessions. I do like this Uber Jason look that I'm looking at, because you see, like, even, like, I pulled up a picture so I can go into a little more detail. Like, he even has, like, metal collarbone, exoskeleton-looking things. Like, he's like a beetle. Like, it, it's almost like a skeleton on the outside. It's it's a wild look. Yeah, he has, like, metal pecs and, like, metal muscles, almost, it looks like. And, like, if you look at the outside of the mask, like, where the hockey mask straps would be, yeah. it's almost like another alien reference. I don't know if this was on purpose, but it looks like the face huggers. Oh, it does. I'm looking at the mask now, right now, too, and I agree, yeah, how it, um, with it's, like, it almost looks like three, uh, things on each side. Yeah, like how the tentacle arm things would wrap around the face. That could It really kind of has that look to it. That could be another kind of call out to Alien. I, I have nothing to base this on except for looking at it, but I bet that's the case. And if even if it wasn't on purpose, it could have been subconsciously, because like we said, a lot of this movie does feel like Alien, and that's kind of what they were going for. Yeah. Um. So now Uber Jason is going after the survivors. Uh, KM tries to stop him again, and uh, I also always love that tagline for this movie of evil gets an upgrade. Yeah. I always thought that was, was the, the line... Where they're like, what's going on? And she goes, Jason fucking Voorhees, that's what's going on! Yeah, that's great. Like, when he comes back. Yeah, that's a great line. So at that point, yeah, Jason knocks, basically punches KM in the head and knocks her head off a la uh, Friday 8 with the boxer. See, I didn't even have to bring it up, you did. Yeah, I bring it up more than you do. <laughs> It's because I, I think I secretly love the movie. It's you do. With how much you bring it up, you like that movie. Because I think I talk about Friday 8 more than any of the other ones. Yeah. It's like a it's an abusive relationship is what it is. <laughs> but, um, so, I forget, how does Jason get put outside into space? Uh, Broski. Okay. Because I remember, he, like... Oh, wait, no, no. Yeah, they're fighting and they end up outside, don't they? Because I know, I forget how, because he's out, he goes into space twice. Cause well, there's the one, the girl, the, this sucks on so many levels girl, um, she gets ripped through a hole punctured in the side of the ship. Yeah, that's where I was like, I'm trying to remember how Jason got outside to do that. And I'm guessing, now this, one of us should have watched the movie again, but we both thought we've seen it enough times yeah. that we can just go on it, but... I feel like he probably gets ripped out into space there as well. Yeah, it has to be something like that. Or does he get jettisoned through 
one of the escape pod things. This is the only part of the movie that I'm kind of hazy on. Yeah, well, anyway, he is, he gets out of the ship, and he's, they go, oh, once again, we got rid of Jason, and they look, and he's flying back to the ship. It's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah, I love that. At the Well, that's when he's flying towards the escape pod at the end. And they're like, yeah. you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, I jumped ahead a little bit. I'm sorry, because we didn't get the cool Crystal Lake part yet. Yeah. But he starts coming back towards the ship, and Brodsky's what catches him and sends yeah, him out. Yeah, Brodsky like, comes out of nowhere, flying out of nowhere, and kind of takes him and rides him down to Earth, too. Yeah, so but, let's uh, talk about this Crystal Lake thing. I'll let you take it. I was gonna say, yeah, like, after... um. She gets ripped through the hole in the uh, grate in the side of the ship, which is really cool. And God, that must be one of the most painful kills, probably. Oh, yeah. Theories. Because you're completely shredded by that. And she probably, you're not probably going head first. So if she goes feet first, it's going to be a split second, but Jesus Christ. Or it could be like body first. Like it doesn't have to be a head or a foot. It could be like any part of you just ripped through that. Oh, she just crumbles from like the middle in. Like yeah, that's what I mean. Off. That's not a fun death. There's like a little piece, like little bit of student bacon left on the grate. There was. And it's like flopping around. But um, yeah, this is when like the VR stuff uh, comes back because they're having to distract Jason while they get. um, Because the rescue ship, I believe at this point has shown up. And yeah. it's trying to get the um platform extended out to save them but parts of the ship now are blowing up yeah and they say like we don't have much time we're gonna have to go so now there's the the ticking time bomb for them type deal which i always love that ticking clock in movies yeah but yeah at this point they're like okay we need to distract them km comes up with the great idea of doing a vr crystal lake from 1980 which was really cool to see Uber Jason walking around in that setting and just yeah. see Jason back where he should be. Yep, exactly. But um, yeah, there's then they kind of come up with the two very stereotypical um, horror 80s girls where it's like, yeah. you want to have some sex or do you want to smoke some, or no, do you want to drink some beer or do you want to smoke some pot or we could have premarital sex. We love premarital sex. I know, it's, it's hilarious, the stereotype. And then there's a great callback to uh, Friday Part 7 where, with the sleeping bag kill, but this time it's a double sleeping bag kill. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's very cheesy, and it's kind of funny because, like, they're in the sleeping bag, and, like, they're banging, uh, Jason's hitting one off the other one, and there's like, ow, 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 coming out of the uh, sleeping bag. I always thought that was funny. Yeah, that was um, because, you know, in his head, he's like, what the fuck is this? This is like uber teenagers. Well, he finishes off with them, like, extremely quickly, and he's like, wow, he made quick work of them, and then he kind of had seen one of them through through the VR, um, in, like, one of the cabin doors, so she start uh, Jason starts coming after them once again, and I believe this is when they get the doors finally open, Rowan and KM's boyfriend go running into the escape pod, but they forget KM. So yeah. Rowan has to run back, of course, to save them, because I would have been so pissed if they left KM there after all this. Yeah, and by KM, we mean KM's head. KM's head, yes. Yeah, because she's like, uh, was it um after she gets rescued, she's like, I'd, I'd clap if I could. <laughs> yeah, of course. They have to get that. But uh, yeah, see here, that's... um. 
at that point is when she uh Rowan runs back onto Grendel the ship to grab Cam's head and she kind of sees Jason coming out of the VR while there's a great, bunch of great explosions around him um a lot of great like sparks and whatnot flying off his mask it's another really great shot yeah Jason has the coolest like pyro entrance that you can imagine right there yeah, it's like he's coming out to open for kiss yeah well, I was thinking like Goldberg from WCW, always just standing in the sparks. That's what Jason looks like here. and Or that, but he still comes out to Shawn Michaels music. <laughs> it's Jason walking out to Sexy Boy. I'd, I'd watch that movie. I know a little bit about wrestling. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's when Rowan runs back onto the escape pod and the main, sh- and they fly away. The main ship blows up. This is the great scene that you were talking about earlier where they look out the window and Jason's flying towards them through space. <laughs> and they're like, do they say you got to be fucking kidding me? I think so. It's something along that line. And then uh, Brodsky comes out of nowhere and kind of rides them down into the atmosphere. Of Earth 2. Which that is one of probably the, uh, yeah, Earth 2. So now we're going into Marvel territory. Yes. Um. But I also they never I, say what planet they use for Earth too. I'd imagine it would be Mars, right? Or how far away they have to go. Yeah, are they like dimension hopping, or did they just make Mars the new Earth? Well, they do mention um, when the right before they come up on Solaris, which is the city. Uh, the pilot mentioned something about coming out of like hyperdrive. He didn't say. Oh, so they're in a different galaxy. But he was like, they came basically out of warp speed. Okay. And, so I'm guessing it's another galaxy. But um, that's one of the cheesiest effects, I think, in the entire movie is when Brodsky's riding Jason down through the atmosphere. And there it's so obvious that the actors are just laying on top of each other on top of a green screen board. Yeah, because their arms are just kind of flailing. And I thought you were going to say Brodsky intercepting Jason because it's the most wire work that you could imagine. Yeah, that one's bad, too. Like the. That those last couple CGI kind of shots like that were not done the best. It's like the budget was running out at the end of the movie. It's like, oh fuck, <laughs> go get some green spray paint and a tarp. Yeah, <laughs> here, strap these cables to him, just swing them around. Yeah, and then that also kind of seems evident too, where like at the very end of the movie, when Jason's mask sinks to the bottom of the uh, new lake, yes. that always it always looked like a fish tank to me. It probably was. It looks like just like a someone's fish tank in their living room, and they kind of clouded the back of it and dropped it down in there. Yeah. But yeah, you get that great shot of, um, it's the two teenagers on Earth 2 sitting beside the lake, and they're like, oh, like, I forget what they're talking about, but they're in love and whatnot, and then they see like a shooting star, but it's Jason. They're like, look, yeah, it's, it's two burning corpses as your shooting star. And they're all being all cute. They're like, look, a shooting star. Make a wish. And then they kiss and then they're like, it looks like it landed in the lake. And that that's when you see Jason's mask come floating down, which I thought that scene was pretty cool where it's I always wish I knew what happened next. Yeah, like I said, it's probably in the, well, like you said, it's probably in those novels, but I guess there's a tiny bit of tissue left. And according to we now know he regenerates maybe he can regenerate from a single cell who knows oh god is he so is he like if he loses his legs like he loses the bottom half of his body Ah, i know where you're going for a little bit is he deadpool 
I hope there so. With baby legs. I hope we never find out, but I hope that's the case. Or that'd be so great. Like you've seen Rick and Morty, right? Yeah. The baby, <laughs> the baby legs. legs. It's, it's Jason. It's like a middle. Uh, it's like a Friday the Thirteenth X Part Five, and it's Jason running around on baby legs, <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying to catch up to him. And that's where that'd Freddy be amazing. And Freddie can be normal legs. And well, there you have Scary Terry, so we get baby legs and Scary Terry. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, but I just can't, now I can't stop thinking about baby leg Jason. <laughs> um, I did look up, do you know what the budget is for this movie? Um, it was, what, 10 million? 14, but that's shockingly low for like a sci-fi-esque movie. Yeah, they seem So I'm actually pretty lot. proud of what they pulled off with that. Yeah, they did a lot with that budget. Yeah. Other than, like I said, a couple, like, kind of like cringy cgi moments it's pretty well done yeah especially for this type of movie so but yeah that's jason x yeah i was gonna say um i really uh enjoy this one it's been one of my uh favorites since i saw it because i saw it in theaters right now i have it ranked seventh out of 12 in my friday the 13th rankings yeah, it's not the best Friday movie, but it's a very rewatchable Friday movie. So I have it. Uh, I have it above Part Five: uh, Jason Goes to Hell, Freddy vs. Jason, the remake, and then Part Eight. Yeah, cause oh no, but, <laughs> but what I'm saying is like this movie isn't like your typical Friday because it's not suspenseful, so you don't actually have to sit there and watch it. It's honestly more of an action movie, so you can kind of just turn it on while you're doing some shit around the house. So, like, that's why I think it has that rewatchability factor a lot to it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those movies, like you were saying, it's great to put on in the background because there's not a ton of plot. Yeah. So you can just go in and kind of dip in and out of scenes. And I've seen it so many times. I know immediately where we are in the story. Yeah. And it's a militia and students trying to fight. It's honestly more action than horror now that I'm thinking about it. It really is. Like, how the trailer set it up, they didn't really... Like, a lot of trailers kind of trick you into thinking what kind of movie you're going to go see. This movie was actually pretty honest with how they were like, it's going to be way more action than... I would yeah, say it's... it's more like, adrenaline uh, rush than your typical Friday. It's more aliens than Alien, if that makes sense. Yes. Where Alien was more of a horror movie, Aliens went full action. Yeah, and there, there, that is a genre for sure, like the action horror. But it's just like there's comedy horror and everything else, but it falls into that, I'd say. Yeah, definitely, it's um, it's a slasher action horror. Yeah. Uh, on Letterboxd, I have it rated three and a half out of five stars. Um, the general consensus on IMDb, let's see what it has, is a... Uh, 4.4 out of 10. I'm showing on Letterboxd it has 2.1. These people do not like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and it's if you rate it just as a movie, it's bad. Oh, yeah. But like we said, rating as the B movie that it is, it's fun. You have to know what you're going into once you watch the movie. Yeah. Well, when, going into the movie, you need to, yeah, you get what I mean. Yeah, but Jason X is great, and... uh I mean, basically, anytime I'll see it on TV, it's one of those ones that I will turn on because it seems like it's on more than a lot of the other of the series. 
Yeah, I wonder if that's like because of the new line deal or what. Because honestly, I see Jason Goes to Hell X and Freddy vs. Jason on TV more than the originals. Yeah, and even with the originals, they seem to like to only play like three and four. Yeah, so it's probably something with the studios or something like that. Yeah, it has to be. I hope at some point all this legal issues with the franchise gets taken care of so we can get a new movie. Yeah. Because I hope so. I think Never Hike in the Snow or Never Hike Alone, whatever it's called, looks really good. I will watch that for sure. Yeah, Never Hike in the Snow looks great. As It's a sequel to Never Hike Alone. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's And it. it does something that we've never seen before, and it's Jason and Winter. Yeah, Chili Jason. Yeah, which is going to be cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing some blood splatters and snowbanks. Yeah. But, um, okay, well, uh, just kind of moving on. Um, Have you been, uh, like, I know you've been watching a bunch of horror movies um so far this year is there anything new that you've watched since uh last we record that you'd like to oh man i have a list <laughs> let me find it because i have it in my notebook here because i was bored and felt like just keeping a list because i wanted to beat my record i am at 28 from september 1st to now nice. now not all of mine are horror but they're all halloween and most of them are horror yeah uh, let me see. The Strangers Pray at Night is the one that I'm currently in the middle of now. Okay, I still need to see that. I know we talked about it on a previous episode. That one. Yeah, thanks, Brett. I was watching. I'm like, oh crap! I have to go record a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm making my way through the Hatchet series. I'm on. I just finished up three, so I just got to watch Victor Crowley. Uh, excited to see Q from Impractical Jokers and tell him Steve Dave pop up in that one. Yeah, Q's pretty good in that, and he definitely, he, he plays kind of the comic relief, which you would probably expect out of him, but he's really good in it, and like he said, he's a huge Friday the 13th fan as well, so yeah. he's like, I want to be in this movie, but I want to be able to be killed by Kane Hodder, because this is the closest I'll ever get to being killed by Jason. Yeah. Which he doesn't have a, I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, that's a good, uh, he has a good one. Yeah, and, like, the non-horror ones, like, I watch Adam's Family, Scooby-Doo, Elvira, but, like, uh, newer ones that I haven't seen before that I always love is Green Inferno, um, I never saw that yet, I got to watch that, um, I, w- I watched the remake of Child's Play, like we were talking, so that was cool. Oh, what do you, you know, think of a bunch the remake? Of what? What'd you think of the Child's Play remake? I, I enjoyed it, it was interesting, I... It was a different take. They took out the supernatural stuff, but I think it fit well into a modern world tale, Chucky. Like, that could legit happen. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. And um, Mark Hamill voicing Chucky was a treat for me. I love Mark Hamill. So, like, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Uh, I didn't feel like I wasted any time seeing it. Yeah, his voice was really creepy as Chucky, too. I really like how he did it. Yeah, I'm glad, because I'm like, is he just going to do the Joker voice? But no, it was just a real soft, creepy Hamill voice. I liked it. Like, I've heard people almost, it's like an evil Muppet kind of voice, which I would agree with. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, And then other than that, just been carving pumpkins and waiting for Halloween. I was going to say, yeah, now this is the uh, first podcast we've uh, recorded in October, so I'm really excited. This is my month. What What have you been doing? Um... I've been uh, trying to watch, this is, uh, I usually do this anyway, but in October I make it a point to watch at least one horror movie a day, usually at least two, three, or four. Yeah, um, so you just have them running constantly when you're home? Yeah, basically, and it's really great too with like AMC brought back their uh, Fear Fest, 
So yeah. they're doing the 31 days of Halloween. So you can just turn that on. And like the other day I watched Halloween five, like I started halfway through it. So you don't really even have to be like, okay, what, which one do I watch next? It's just like, okay, yeah. let's just see what's on. And that's I got rid of my right. cable. So I have to do the, what do I watch next? Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, so far since um, we last recorded, I think I left off. We had watched Seed of Chucky or Bride of Chucky. Yeah, you, you told me you watched Seed of Chucky. I yeah, think. Um, I watched House of Frankenstein, which is really great. It's one of the first Universal monster movies to bring all of them together. And it has Bela Lugosi back as Igor. And yeah, um, a little bit more of a role this time. But yeah, I love the uh, Bela Lugosi. Bella Lugosi as Igor is really, really great. Um, after that, I watched Fright Night, which is pretty decent. Um, I like Fright Night. It's fun. It's one of those ones I usually I try to watch about this time every year. I yeah. think last year was the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. I like it. Uh, then I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is just another fun but extremely dumb movie. I started it, man. I won't lie. I was falling asleep. I was like, I'll give it another run later. It's really good. Like it, it's really dumb, but it's almost in that same. It's a complete B movie. Yeah. Um, one I did see. Have you seen Veronica yet? Glenn Danzig's movie? No. And I love the Misfits and Danzig. I have the skull tattooed on me, but no, I haven't seen it yet. It is. I love it, but I, the same way I love the room. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, I think you were telling me about it like that. I Shutter doesn't have a PS4 app. What the fuck? No, they don't yet. They um, everyone on Twitter is constantly like hammering them about getting a PS4 app. Yeah, so I might just download it onto my PC or oh, onto my laptop and watch it in here. But I, I haven't pulled the plug on it yet because I'm on my laptop too much editing all the shows and everything. Like I don't feel like watching TV on here. Yeah. You stare at that screen enough. then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably will, though, here. But yeah, Veronica, I would definitely say check it out, though. It's If you love bad movies, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, It's based off his series of comic books, I believe. Yeah, I remember when he did those. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's they're dumb and they're really weird, but you can definitely tell that there was a lot of heart put into it, which what makes a good bad movie. Yeah. Kind of how Tommy Wiseau was trying to make a good movie with The Room, trying to make a serious movie. It just so happens he's not any good at it, and it turned <laughs> out how he how it did, but you can still feel the heart in the movie. He probably became more famous, though, than he would have if it turned out well. Oh, because if it had turned out well, it would have just been another kind of lackluster romantic comedy from the early 2000s. Yeah. Like, no one would be remembering Tommy Wiseau. I can't think of any other ones from like the early 2000s that I could name. Like I, the only thing I can think of is Jersey girl. And that's just cause I would like Kevin Smith. Yeah. But, um, I watched a few others. Like I watched Elvira, uh, Elvira's movie again. Um, fade to black was a really good one on shutter as well, where, uh, it's like a horror movie fan, um, dresses as all the classic kind of universal monsters to take revenge on people. Oh, but that's, that's a really interesting, interesting uh, movie. It's on Shutter as well. Um, then l- last, lastly, I watched Halloween Resurrection again last night. Of course, I, which, if I know you, you're watching a Halloween movie. Which Halloween Resurrection might be the worst out of the entire series. It is with with Busta Rhymes, trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> 
It's the best line, though. I it love is. it. It's, it's completely terrible, but it falls into that same vein of it's so bad it's good. Did you see the trailer for The Craft Legacy? I haven't. I heard that they were doing like a reboot or a sequel to The Craft, but I haven't. Yeah, I can't seen. tell if it's a reboot, or like a soft reboot where it's still continuity or a hard reboot. I can't tell yet. All I know is, that, yeah, there's no Feruza bulk, so I'm like, eh. Yeah. I'll check it out. I think it's video on demand on October 28th or like the end of October. I'm like, well, that's appropriate. I'll watch it. Yeah. You have to let me know how it is. Will do. But uh, yeah, other than that, just like you were saying, we got last week, me and Liz got seven more pumpkins. Um, Continuing to put more decorations out, continuing to go to Spirit Halloween. Have you had to throw any out yet? I had to throw away my first two that I made because we hit a mini heat wave and then that that in the cold after just killed him. Oh yeah, that forty some pound pumpkin that uh I was telling you about that last episode. Yeah, yeah. It completely rotted. It fell in on itself. So I had to Yeah, throw I had to it. throw two out yesterday. Mine started look looking like Hector Salamanca, so I threw <laughs> it out. Or uh the grandma from um SpongeBob. Yeah, that's how he ended up. What are they selling? I remember when they dis- when they invented chocolate. I always hated it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, other than that, just kind of continuing, my main focus is just making sure I watch a horror movie every day. Of course, that's your job. Yeah, that's it. It's exactly my job. It's my job, Liz. See, remember, (laughs) she can't say anything. You're researching. I'm doing research. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, that's all I have. Um, Unless you have anything else, man? Nah, dude, I'm good. All right, well, I... Make sure to uh, follow um, the uh, podcast Twitter on um, on Twitter at uh, at Throbbing Horror. Um, I try to tweet pretty regularly every day about like what kind of Halloween stuff I'm up to and what movies I'm watching and give like little mini reviews on Twitter. I think you're the best on Twitter with on all of our shows on Twitter. You keep up the most with it. I think. See, I love Twitter more than. I do like Facebook or like, uh, I like Instagram, but Facebook is dead. I just have one so I can post the episodes. Mostly mine is so I can look at a, look at memes or B be like, what did I do seven years ago today? Whenever that pops up. Yeah. Oh look. yeah. Your, your Twitter, the, the show's Twitter is fun. Uh, make sure you guys follow. Like, I'm not just saying that no, it, it's a fun Twitter. If you're into horror. Yeah. Thanks man. I've been trying to uh, constantly post new and different stuff. Yeah. And um, check out Greg on a Ruthless Retrospective with, for th- all things wrestling, because wrestling and horror really go hand in hand. And then Oddly, also, they do a little bit. Yeah, well, with Rowdy Roddy being in um, They Live, and he was in Hell Comes to Frogtown, and uh, Tor Johnson being a wrestler, and he was in mm-hmm. some Ed Wood movies. So Kane did both the See No Evils. Yeah, yep. And um, I think one day we're going to have to do a crossover episode with me, you, and Rob and do the pro wrestlers versus zombies movie. Oh, that sounds interesting. I haven't seen that. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Let's see, yeah, check, uh, and also check Greg out on uh, Geek Positive with uh, Ryan every week about uh, talking about comics and just anything in pop culture, basically. Yeah, all that fun shit. Yeah, I've been really, I've listened to your guys' uh, first couple episodes. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, thank you. But uh, that's on, um, I, th- I believe he's on Twitter as well, at, at Geek Positive. Yeah, it's at Geek Positive 1 for Geek Positive, and Ruthless Retrospective is at Ruthless Retro PC. 
if you want to check either of those out in the whole network, which includes Brett, me, Rob, everyone else, P's, Brandon's, is at WNTATU. If that's confusing, it's just the letters for why not talk about this universe. Yeah, make sure they give everyone a follow to uh, keep up to date on the shows and the network and see what's everything's going on. Yeah. All right, man. Well, have a great one and uh, stay spooky. Will do. Thank you.